Hello, and welcome to the Community Bible Reading Podcast, uh, where we are our, um, reading through the scriptures every day, a chapter of the Old Testament, a chapter of the New. And this podcast is, is to supplement that reading and to help you um, better track and understand and really connect um, with, with God and, and let his word shape your life um, so that you might be conformed more into the image of his son. And so that we at Imago Day Church and anyone else who's listening to this um, might uh, uh, walk through the scriptures together in, in, in a similar track. I'm not sure when this episode is dropping, what day this is, um, because I am on vacation with uh, my wife. I am uh, Daniel Jansen, pastor of Imago Day, and um, I'm on vacation right now, but I wanted to pre-record this. And part of the reason I don't know what day this is exactly going to drop is I wanted to take a look at just First Thessalonians, um, which is our, our New Testament reading um, in, in, for part of this week. I want to look at all three chapters that we're reading this week, just kind of an overview, because there's this really beautiful thing that happens here. And, and what this is, is when Paul planted the church in the city of Thessalonica, um, he, he was actually only there for a, a really short period of time. Um, it's like when, when in Ephesus, Paul was there for like years, but, but in Thessalonica, and I don't have um, Acts in, well, I do have Acts for my Bible, but I'm, um, I'm talking about it. Let me see if I can do the math real quick. It's a matter of weeks, I believe, that, that he was actually there. It wasn't a long time because he was, he was, uh, they, they came in a three Sabbath day, so three weeks, 17-2, Acts 17-2. Paul went in, three Sabbath day, um, he, he's from the scriptures teaching, doing this church planting movement, but then um, kind of uh, persecution, riot kind of breaks out, and they have to, they have to bounce. So they were only there three weeks, and so um, Paul writes this letter back to this church that was planted, because what was really beautiful is that even though they were only there for this short period of time, they, they made such an impact uh, that there was able to be a church that was planted there and there was able to be life that came from there. And so it's this beautiful testimony to the power of God and to um, sort of a, a model in some ways of, of what leadership and, and ministry looks like. And so uh, that's kind of the lens I want to look at these three chapters at is is what is the, the type of ministry that we want to be doing? Uh, and, and what is the type of things that, even if you only have a short bit of time, what, what are you praying for? What are you hoping to be true as we seek to be ministers of the gospel? And so um, uh, what I love, I'm just going to kind of like walk through a couple. I'm just going to kind of pick a couple spots to, to point out and show some things. Chapter 1, verses 4 uh, through 5. For we know, brothers, loved by God, what a beautiful thing. Just you, stop right there. Loved by God. Just explicit right there. You are loved by God. He has chosen you. We know you are loved by God. We know that he has chosen you. Here's how we know. Here's how we know that you are chosen. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. That's my prayer as a pastor, um, that as, as I minister amongst this church, and that's my prayer for you as you minister to each other, as you minister in this world, that the gospel comes not only in word, it's not just what we speak, as powerful as that is, but that it's in power and in the Holy Spirit and with conviction, that there's, it's, there's a power from on high that attends and changes people's lives. So there's this supernatural power, but also you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. He, he points to his character, too, and says, like, 
Like you know our attitude and heart of what's gone down, right? Um, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So that even in this place of affliction, even though it cost you something with joy in the Holy Spirit, you you received the good news of God. And verse 9, second half, that you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So, so in this three weeks, the short term, here's what happened, is that you saw the type of men that we were. Our character was, was shown to you, and we proclaimed God's good news to you, and, and it came with such power. It was more than just words that your life was changed. And though, even though it cost you something, there was a joy, and so you turned from idolatry. You turned from worshiping other gods to worship the true and living God. I love it. I love it. Um, he goes on, for, uh, for sake of time, I'm going I'm to be uh, a little quick. Let's see, uh, verse uh, 5 of chapter 2. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know. Did, we did not come with a pretext of, of, for greed. We didn't come to just try and earn money. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others. This was not our intent, right? Though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. So though in Christ we have this place of position and title and authority, we could have asked you to serve us. We could have asked for some help financially. We could have, you, you know, like asked you to, to show some love to us, whatever. We didn't do that because we, we want to... Um, uh, keep our testimony. We want to keep the gospel the main thing. Instead of being this mighty, powerful apostle, instead, verse 7, we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. What an intimate picture. This is how we were to you, how we loved you. We brought you to our bosom, right? So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. This is the pattern of true ministry. It's not just that we, we share the words, but we share our lives, right? You remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. So it's not that we didn't speak. We proclaimed to you the gospel of God. But, but we worked and we labored. We were with you so that we wouldn't be a burden to you in any way. We wanted our words to be matched by our deeds, You are witnesses, and God also, God can attest how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct towards you, believers. We were like mothers, now verse 11, for you know, like a father with his children. We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God. Ah, man, this is this this attitude, this heart, like a father, like a mother. Conduct that's blameless and pure working hard. This is, this is the, the gospel ministry that God calls us to. We proclaim his, his words, the, the good news, but when we model it out with our lives. And when that happens, I think this, God is pleased for his spirit to attend it with power. Verse 13, we thank God constantly that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God which is at work in you believers. And this is a conviction that I need to bring into my heart, that you need to put into your heart, that when we proclaim the good news of God, whether it's in a Sunday context and we're preaching or it's when you're at work and you're sharing with your 
coworker, or when you're speaking at missional community to someone else, you're speaking gospel into someone's life, that, that it's not, it's not just the wor- your words that you're speaking. There is an authority. It is the word of God. It's God speaking. It's God arresting someone's attention. It's, it's met with power. This is what's happening. It's more than what you can just see in that moment. That You received it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work. And you see Paul's heart for them, the love the love of God that's at work, this. Verse 17, we were torn away from you in person, but not in heart. Our hearts were still tied we, with great desire to see you face to face, but we were hindered. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Like when I stand before Jesus, my, my joy, my glory is, is you. I, I, that's my hope, my delight. My life is about you. That's a crazy thing. My life is about you. And he says this even more intense, chapter 3, verse 7. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress, in all our affliction, in all the persecution and the things we've gone to, we have been comforted. We have a comfort. Oh, what is that comfort? You're, you're being afflicted and persecuted. What is that comfort? Is it a nice place to stay? Is it a good meal? What, how, are you, how are you being comforted? How are you being comforted? How are being comforted through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. That's kind of clunky English in that translation. Uh, like what he's saying is like, like, my life is found in your faith. That might be overstating. Yeah, I don't have the Greek in front of me. But it, it's, that, it's that idea. It's so strongly is that, that my well-being, I love you so much that my well-being is like tied up in your well-being. And that when you are, are going forward in faith, then I can endure any affliction. I can endure any sin. Like, that gives me life. And then he prays. May the God and Father, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. May we see you again. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with his saints. Increase and abound. It's already there, but would it increase more and more this love and affection that you have for each other and that I have for you, that you have for me? Would we grow in this heart? And again, that's, that's the pattern of ministry that I want to see at work in my personal life and in our church. As we look at leaders in our church, this is the, the pattern that we want to hold people accountable to, is do we see this kind of love? Do we see this kind of power? Do we see this kind of heart? Right? And then also then within our community, and as we go out into the world, as we send church plants, as we send you to your family, to your missional community, to your workspace, to these places— Are you carrying with you this heart of love that comes from a God who has loved you, a God who has united you together, um, a a God who's working in power? Are are we seeing this happen? That's our great desire. So um, I don't know how to do the the prayer thing because I'm kind of covering three days in one. Um, But I mean, I think adoring that that God is worthy of of turning from false gods, turning to him, Um, uh, that his word has power. Um, to, to change lives. His word has, has that sort of power. And confession is, is just acknowledging, I think, these places where we have not walked in this sort of love, where we have not sought other people's needs above our own, where we have felt entitled, um, and where maybe where you have seen 
um, the gospel as the word of men and not as it, what it really is, the word of God. And so you've focused so much on technique and how will people receive this and, and fear. And, and so many of those things are what dominate your mind rather than just saying, no, this is the word of God, the power of God. It's a supernatural spiritual thing. I mean, I want to step into that. So confession for that. Um, and thank you. I mean, I'll go through verse 13 we th- of chapter 2. We thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, you know, we received it um, as what it really is. So, so God, thank you for your word. Um, thank you for, for those who have received it as what it really is and for the transformation that you're bringing. Thank you for the new life that we have in you. And God, we pray supplications that this would be our community, that we would increase and abound in love for one another and for all. God, that you would establish our hearts blameless in holiness, right, at your coming, that we would have reason to have glory and joy, right, that we would be able to stand before you because we are participating in your life that you have for us. So that's First Thessalonians 1 through 3, and I uh, hope this was beneficial as you uh, are, are letting the word of God shape and transform your life. See you next time.